Hi everyone and welcome to a very special episode of the Drew Barrymore Show Weekly Recap Podcast. Yes, it's very special. You're right to clap for that. Thank you. My name, as always, is Abby Sullivan. You can find more content for this podcast at TDBS Weekly Recap. Before we get into it, I want to say this week, this episode is going to be very different. This is going to be an interview I did with my friend a few months ago, actually, now at this point, where we discussed the Drew Barrymore show's social media strategy. This friend, her name is Sydney. She's amazing. She works in social media. So she has some nice little nuggets of insight to give to us. Now, some things that we discuss might not be entirely up to date like for example we talk a little bit about the youtube page how it can be a little messy they have since actually i've noticed cleaned it up quite a bit um they've restructured the home page and so that's just a little taste of the kinds of things we're going to be talking about in this podcast special episode now because this isn't a traditional recap you're going to want to go over to my instagram at tdbs weekly recap I will be posting a mini recap of sorts on my Instagram stories. I'll be doing that today. And if you don't get to my stories in time, I'll be putting them in a highlight on my Instagram page called Recap. Sydney, I'm so glad you're on yes. the podcast. So happy to be here, Abby. I am your biggest fan in oh life and um, also of, you know, this podcast. Well, back at you. So actually, we're, we're doing this because you had messaged me. You work in social media, right? Yes. Yeah, I currently work in um, social media and television, which is a really fun combination. Yeah, the, and it's so perfect for this. So we're going to discuss today kind of the social media strategy of the Drew Barrymore show and kind of like what that looks like um, to us and to you, basically. Right. I am so excited about that. I, um, yeah, because so I had texted you and asked you, I, one of the first questions I had for you after listening to every episode of this podcast in one sitting <laughs> was <laughs> what, how you thought um, they came across on their social media channels. Like if you thought that um, they did like an accurate job uh, you know, kind of portraying what the show is um, on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So I had to text you. <laughs> yeah, totally. So so I guess, um, and we talked about this a little bit, like I feel like they do a good job on the social media front, but I do feel like they kind of underrepresent what is my favorite part about the show, which is it's like absolute batshit insanity. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I would agree. I've seen, so d just a, a little background, I guess, for uh, anyone who may be listening. I've seen um, snippets of the actual show on air, and then I've seen a handful of their, um, the clips that they post to YouTube and some of the clips they've posted on um, Instagram and things like that. Um, and I feel like I agree. I mean, I feel like she's such like a fun zany person that uh it's hard to it's hard to isolate those moments and just like put them up on social yeah definitely I think they um they lean into like her bull side yeah sense. and like that is like a part of her persona but now there's like this new part of her persona that I think 
they need to figure out how to integrate that into like content for the web. Yeah, I think so too. I think because um, I was looking at you know their different uh, social channels today. Actually, I um, I think that their Instagram I think is where they're getting like their their tracking forward the best. Um, that's like where they've built the most followers for their uh, account, and um, you know behind that is YouTube and then Twitter. Um, and I think that based on their Instagram, I feel like. Uh, they they do do like a better job of like I think I, I think I had texted you this that I was like their whole vibe is like we have dogs and we have guests and we have Drew Barrymore <laughs> and like that was like entirely what they're putting out there but I mean it's not a bad strategy um, it definitely gives you the gist of what the show is about but it doesn't really give you any insight into who she is as a person and why you know she's different than other hosts of other um, daytime talk shows I have seen on Twitter they they started doing this and I think they don't do it consistently which is like another thing that maybe would be they'll they'll post on Twitter these like compilations of Drew's news like these videos which Drew's news is my favorite segment because it is the wackiest it can be like the most deeply unhinged right like uh, off the cuff can be a little bit more free range Yes, exactly. So I will say that's like one area where I have seen them start to embrace it, but I've only seen that on Twitter, I think. So um, maybe they're doing that as kind of like a beta test of kind of like, uh, you know, w- what tracks well here. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's definitely interesting. What about their YouTube, do you think? I feel like I was looking at their YouTube page today and they don't get a ton of views and I've noticed the views are kind of all over the place like some videos have like three million views and others have like 900. I was thinking about that too actually it's a little bit sporadic I think that right now I I would say so I I feel like they've really got their rhythm down on Instagram and on Twitter and I don't know how the structure of their team works you know the team that's handling this it could be that it's a team that is specifically for this show it could be that it's a team that's for a handful of CBS talk shows Mm. um, that kind of like you know put together the strategy for like all of their lineup of talk shows so it's interesting but I think whatever team is working on this they've definitely got their footing down on like Instagram I think you know they're starting to get their foot down on like Twitter and stuff like that I think YouTube is where they're struggling a little bit more because they have had like a handful of clips go viral in the way that you know they're like a million plus but the rest of them are like tracking around like maybe an average of like one to four one to four thousand I think part of the reason that is is it's it's a very busy their YouTube page it's very busy I feel like they post like snippets of like the entire show when um, I would think while they're trying to like build an audience they should maybe just focus on putting the best content on YouTube for now Mm -hmm. so that their overall you know click-through rate and their overall um, views per video are higher so you don't have these little like 1,000 less than 1,000 view clips yeah definitely I will I will say I do actually personally appreciate that they post so many videos because I that's where I get for my podcast like all my sound bites oh well then I mean by all means for the benefit of the podcast they should continue to <laughs> exactly exactly so I don't forget want... everything I just said <laughs> I discourage that for that reason but but I <laughs> like um like speaking of YouTube, like those clips that are higher, are higher on the view spectrum, um, usually have to do with the guest or have to do with her, like recreating a character from a movie. 
Right. Yeah. So, so I see that their top performing video on YouTube right now is that um, Adam Sandler reboot that they did of Fifty First Dates, um, which I think was obviously very successful. It appeals to nostalgia, which is something you always want to do with like content, especially social content. And you know what a great movie that everybody loves. Um, and it's short; it's two minutes, so you don't feel like you have to lock yourself into anything by watching a short two minute video. I think this is like a great. I mean, this was like one of the first videos that that had done well on their channel. I think so. I think it was a great way to get people to come back and subscribe to the channel for more content. Definitely, and kind of、um, like along that line. So I feel like the show itself, they have all kinds of people as guests on the show, which I think is kind of cool. Like they have like movie stars and actors and actresses, but they also、right. have social media stars like be on the show. Yeah, like David Dobrik and、uh, Liza Koshy, I saw that they were on there as well. Yeah. Um, and then they, and then some, you know, some people maybe that are still on like the,、uh, coming up, and、uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they have like a really good variety of guests. I think that that would bring in like a good variety of viewers, like to their YouTube videos and to their content. But my, I, I, I was kind of wondering, like, like the David Dobrik video has like almost seven hundred thousand views, right? But then,、uh, like, because, yeah, yeah, like because I, like his audience is watching it. But then, and that's great. But then, is it how productive is it if you can't like retain those viewers? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so so I will say that one of the programs that、um, I've worked on, we had David Dobrik as a guest as well, and that video was our top performing video <laughs> for that particular.、Um, Uh, it was a podcast, that particular podcast, which is like fun because you know you post it on YouTube. That's where David Dobrik's audience lives, so they're going to see him. They're going to see him in an interview, especially if it's something about his personal life, his dating life. You know, they're very interested in those kind of things, and he's someone that I think tends to pull in a larger audience, specifically on this platform. I mean. You know, it's great. You hope you get the the subscribers out of it. You hope that you know they they come for David and maybe stay for Drew. That isn't always the case,、um, but I'm sure they probably got a handful of subscribers just by having him on their show. It's so interesting to me because it it is kind of like like maybe this will get us, you know, like it's like nothing is guaranteed like with social media, and you just kind of have to like hope. I mean, that's what it seems like anyway. Right, and it's so interesting too because、um, a lot of times like. De- again, I don't know this particular show, but、right. a lot of times the social teams are separate from production. So the show itself is booking these guests. The show itself is planning these segments, and then social's job is to take it and make it stick on various、mm. platforms.、Um, so I, I'm sure, you know, if if it is a separate social team, they were probably,、um, you know, excited by the opportunity to have a YouTuber because generally YouTubers do well on YouTube. Shocking, <laughs> but.、Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think that、um, like the challenge is always just、uh, taking what works on broadcast and trying to translate it、um, onto social, and you know, hoping that hoping that it gets you some kind of, of traction somewhere. Right. Again, I don't presume to be like an expert about any of this at all, <laughs> or、um, presume to like know what they're doing behind the scenes. But it, it's fun to it's fun. Uh, to kind of imagine, you know, what goes. On. I do that. <laughs> I do it in real life. I do it on my podcast. I just pretend I know what's happening behind the scenes. 
And I wrote you do it so well, though. I feel like you, I believe you. When you tell me exactly what happens behind closed doors on their production set, <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly what happened. She's 100% right. It's my best educated guess. But yeah, I do like to think that I'm right <laughs> most of the time. Well, I like to think that you're right, too, if it helps. And so basically, yeah, we're just going to pretend that you do know what's happening behind Okay, yes. So what I'm saying is I am the executive producer of the Trippin' Show. Oh, yeah. So um, we actually talked a little bit about that, too, like the separate departments kind of operating. Um, and this is, Oh, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is like less, I mean, maybe less social media, more like how much crossover there is. But um, they introduced this new segment kind of quietly and like at night with like no... Um, they kind of announced it as it was happening, I guess I'll say. So she has this new segment, Drew Barrymore's virtual right. comedy club. And so it's people, stand-up comedians coming on, not the show, but just kind of like as a digital extra segment. Right. They had Caleb Heeran, Zainab Johnson, Judy Gold. And like, basically, they don't have a lot of views, but it also like wasn't promoted very well. But you were saying like, we had talked about this before. You were saying like, it's probably separate mm -hmm. from the show itself. Yeah, so a lot of times, a lot of times what will happen is digital will make certain content that's job is to live on digital only. Um, a good example of this is uh, probably The Daily Show. I mean, there's a lot of content that lives on The Daily Show's YouTube page and social pages um, that doesn't necessarily ever make it to the show or vice versa, or sometimes it does. And so sometimes what will happen is with any digital team is they'll make content, the show will say, hey, you know, that is very funny and we'd like to feature it on our show, or it might just live on digital and be an extension of the show. And those things can do really well on their own. I love this, I love Banana More, I think that's very funny. <laughs> um, it's, it's an interesting choice for the name, honestly. <laughs> really interesting choice for the name <laughs> not sure I would do the same but um, but I love that they're giving like a platform to stand-ups especially right now because it's so hard for stand-up comedians um you know so hard for performers in general in the pandemic uh live performers especially yeah so sometimes you have digital content that's whole purpose of existence is to live on digital and you know help boost your overall uh views for that given month or that given goals period where you know they want you to hit a certain amount of um of views or uh new subscribers or watch time minutes or whatever the case is oh and i know that those kinds of like quotas so to speak existed i think that a lot of times um and i i'm guilty of this all of the time <laughs> is uh like like i often will find myself forgetting that the goal of social media is to function as a business like in these contexts like yeah. it's like hey make us money we're a business we want money yeah exactly <laughs> um and I, I i often forget that um that it's not the whole role you know a lot of it is entertain people but the other part of it that we don't like to think about as much is we want money yeah. <laughs> And so uh, I think that, you know, with any business endeavor, often, you know, you, you try to plan measurable goals to meet, um, like, hey, it'd be great if we got this many views or this many things in this specific window of time. Um, and a lot of times you're kind of like chasing after those goals, especially on a more, um, you know, the producers specifically often find themselves strategizing different ways that they can meet their targets. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's really cool. And that's like really awesome insight like into because I had no idea about really any of that. Um, and I n- have never thought about it before. So I think that's really cool. It's funny. It's, it, I feel like it's something that you probably I mean, I feel like there's so many things that I like don't think about in like, um, in general, but I, I guess like probably every business, every show, like the idea is, you know, you meet a certain criteria of something, something measurable that you're trying to get to. Um, and then trying to get to the next measurable goal and you just keep going until you're worldwide, baby. <laughs> I was going to ask too, like kind of like, and obviously you will just be guessing <laughs> for their show. No, I know yeah. for sure. <laughs> Sorry, I should have said, um, you'll be telling us directly. How? Yes, I, I will speak to my people and they will report. How does it generally work like between like cross platforms? Like, is it the same people or is it different people? running each account like how does that generally work like is there collaboration i will say like obviously there is some but like sometimes on twitter right. like they'll tweet something totally different than what's on their instagram account and i was wondering if that's kind of like typical or how that usually works in my experience it um from what i've experienced within the industry usually it is the same um people across platforms that being said could totally not be <laughs> Um, It could be a situation where certain people, like specifically if you're talking about like the writing, like the captions, the tweets and stuff like that, it could be maybe um, certain people are writing some of those, uh, like whether it's a copywriter, whether it's, you know, the producers or the coordinators on the digital team. And then, you know, they have separate people writing the YouTube or the Instagram or what have you. If it looks stylistically different, that's probably a pretty big indicator that it's a different group of people just in terms of like the way the language is structured it could also be a strategy that hey people talk like this on twitter they don't talk like this on instagram we need to change them so it's hard to say my guess would probably be that it's you know either one team focused largely on this show especially because it is a show that airs every day so they might want additional resources Mm -hmm. for that or it's a team that handles um like a handful of cbs's uh daytime lineup right i i've noticed they have like really good i mean drew herself is not that active on twitter but she's really active on instagram like on her own private page not private right like her personal page So they, I think, I think, and let me know what you think too. I think they do like a good job of kind of um, like taking her organic posts and integrating them into the show's kind of social media presence. I think like personally, I can, I think tell, this is going to make me sound like a stalker, but I think I can tell (laughs) when Drew Barrymore's personal posts are written by her (laughs) versus when they're written like by a social media person right yeah (laughs) yeah I feel like it's always so interesting um with celebrities I'm always kind of like uh trying to guess if it was like a social media manager type person or the celebrity themselves um (laughs) yeah I get I could definitely see like a uh, a change in cadence between some of her more formal posts um and some where it's just Drew being Drew. Yeah. <laughs> Within the last year or so, pre-pandemic and a little bit into the pandemic, I was working partially on a show that was airing, um, I think like four nights a week, like this show. Um, and it was also with a host that was pretty active mm-hmm. on social media. And so I know they did a lot of that too, just trying to integrate like some of that host content with uh, 
with the show's content. And it's, it's really nice when you have active talent yeah. because especially like cooperative active talent who want to post about your show, like the show that you're working on because they're in it obviously, but who also, you know, post their own content and you can go back and forth with it. Um, what's funny to me, and actually I think you might enjoy this is that, um, uh, fuck it. I'll, I'll just say it was lights out with David Spade. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> that was the show. <laughs> but what's because it, it's a lot funnier if I tell you <laughs> that it's David Spade for this reason. There's a lot of people that you know will message like mm. the show account thinking that they're reaching out yeah. to David Spade, or in this case, probably Drew Barrymore. I, I guarantee the same thing happens in the comments here. But they'll be like, "Hey, Drew, just wanted to say love you so much." Or with David Spade, it was always just like urban ants. <laughs> who loved him a lot <laughs> and like just like wanted to um find a way to like slide into oh his dms <laughs> and like would dm the show now but anyway that's separate um but i'm sure they get a handful of that that's like drew you're such an inspiration for my niece they, they do and in the like, comments i've seen it yeah and like they're like very much like they don't realize that she probably <laughs> i mean i she could actively look at this stuff um but, you know, she did in that interview with um, with Paris Hilton say that she, you know, doesn't she said something about how she doesn't really try to find um, attention through social media or something yeah. to that effect. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think she's combing through the uh, comments, uh, you know, hoping to hear feedback about how your niece <laughs> is perceiving her. Wait, so along that vein, I have a question. So on my like personal social media and like I have a I have an Instagram account for my podcast I'll on the story I'll tag the show and I'll tag her and then sometimes I'll tag her sometimes co-host Ross Matthews and then and then I'll Fine. check like who viewed it and then every once in a while every couple of weeks <laughs> it says that Drew, not the show, but Drew Barrymore's personal account viewed my story. I love that. So, so what much. do we think? <laughs> no, I think that, I mean, like, there's two options. Either it's, like, fucking her and right. she's just having a good time and scrolling. And she's like, this person, like, I, I mean, I feel like if I had a talk show and it was, like, the Sydney show and it, if someone started a podcast that was, like, the Sydney show weekly recap, I would absolutely like want to have some idea of what this person is doing once right. a week discussing <laughs> the show. I would need to know to an extent. I have to imagine she's at least curious. Um, or, you know, there's the chance that it's maybe like a social media manager of hers on her account just being like, is this something true needs to right. see? Or be is this a problem? <laughs> Right, like, sh would she like I considered this? both scenarios, and I'm fine with either. I think, you know, I think either or benefit you. <laughs> um, so I was going to ask, I don't know, I don't know if there is an answer to this, but how do you think, if at all, like, the pandemic has affected social media teams and how they work? I mean, maybe not at all, because I'm assuming most of it can be done from home. Yeah, that's a good question. Obviously... In my personal experience, it hasn't been that 
difficult of a shift just because so much of the work we do, we can do remotely, right. thankfully. But, I, you know, I think it's much harder, like in a larger television industry right now for those in production, because it's just like a <laughs> really a logistical um, oh, headache yeah. all of the time. But for social, I mean, I, I don't think that it's it's too different. Obviously, it'd be nice to be able to directly engage with all of the people you're working on different things with, you know, at a moment's notice. But people communicate over you know like slack and things like that so i i don't think that it's too difficult yeah. of a feat totally okay um and speaking of they also on their youtube page like some of their digital content too is like but a lot of behind the scenes stuff which i think is really cool i think it's really cool content they sometimes post it on instagram and twitter too like just little glimpses into how the show is like being built and i think that's awesome because like I mean, I'm just like a TV nerd. So like, I want to know how this kind of show is like working during a pandemic. On their Instagram stories, they'll post like videos of like the dog. Like she has these dogs that just like roam around. Yeah, I love that. I'm such a, I'm such a dog person. I'm like anything with a dog. Awesome. And her dogs are so well-behaved too. Like they're just sitting on the set, like waiting for her. Like they're so attached to her. Yeah, you can seriously tell it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. I feel like she's probably, I, I know she's like, an animal lover in general so I imagine she's a very good oh totally which is I know the real reason we you had me on the podcast is just is Drew a good dog parent and I think yes so we can all I agree with that assessment you can tell they're like obsessed with her yeah definitely definitely so cute okay sorry I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna keep talking about her dogs for like 20 minutes it is it's kind of awesome like she'll just be sitting in the chair interviewing someone on the screen and the dogs will just be at her feet like it's so sweet yeah it's so cute I love it so much Ugh dogs I know like a certain certain shows you know I think when you're in a studio like that a lot of times they'll be like uh like I know the daily show has their own um dog account now oh I did not but they have dogs in the studio and so they also have um a social media account that is just dedicated oh my god that's so awesome yeah we used to have like at my old internship which was on a late night show they had office dogs but they weren't dogs that like were on set, right you know what I mean so yeah yeah it's possible that those are also office dogs I think that I've seen pictures of them in studio yeah, so it's pretty cool I don't know okay well is there anything yeah. like anything else you would you are just dying to discuss about the Drew Barrymore show social media presence oh we were just yeah we were just briefly to speak on that yeah I'm always questioning um the production aspect I'm always questioning um whether it's like the tv nerd in me that appreciates like the behind the scenes production or if like people in general appreciate yeah I don't know I I Um, love it I eat it up I think regardless a show that started during the pandemic it's really kind of fun to see like the, you know the hoops that they've jumped through to to get their content going um i think that's pretty fun i mean i think especially with a new show it's nice to kind of show like hey these are the building blocks this is what we're doing you know we're putting in the work we're doing the heavy lifting yeah, yeah. so i mean it, it, if they keep doing it you know they'll we'll know yeah if definitely i think it's the kind of thing too where like yeah it's cool if it gets views I don't personally I don't know I forget like how it how those kind of videos do view wise but I think it's just cool that it's there at all yeah they're they're for a specific group but like those specific yeah, people like, really like appreciate us. it <laughs> right I specifically um asked you if you wanted to discuss all of the YouTube comments <gasps> in regard to oh, that wedding yeah Oh, yeah. So, I okay, just for background, maybe a month ago, a little bit more, 
Drew on her show. She hosted a wedding. Like a couple got married live on her show, which is insane on its own. And then come to find out, which I found out by looking at YouTube comments of the video, the couple that got married, um, they had said they had claimed they met in high school when in reality they met when she was in high school and he was her teacher in said high school. Mind blowing. Yeah, uh, like allegedly, but I mean, this blows my mind and is so nuts to me that this happened and I feel very bad for like I'm assuming like the booking producer or whoever booked these people because I I I mean I assume it was you know obviously an error well that was was I talked about it really quick on Um, on my on the podcast what like when that episode happened and I'm my guess as to what could have happened and let me know your thoughts too was that like when they were doing research on this couple they probably talked to their friends friends and family probably also lied for them you know what I mean so like yeah yeah oh I bet. you know like it's just like a hard situation because like how would they have known I feel like yeah absolutely um I feel like there's really no way that they could have known yeah. um and it sucks <laughs> it's like sucks so bad for the show I think that um I was thinking about this and I, I think that in situations like this usually the thing that you want to do is like you know make some kind of public statement like we didn't know we're sorry like very brief very simple but I think that because you know it didn't become like a headline story right so it's not like people it's not like BuzzFeed is like oh my god can you believe what happened on the Drew Barrymore show holy moly click here yeah I'm actually a little bit surprised too but because it I mean I don't know it's possible that um you know these things are intentionally yeah, yeah, buried. Yeah. It, it's possible, but um, I, I have no idea. But uh, if it wasn't intentionally buried, <laughs> I think that they probably would have been more inclined to make a public statement apologizing for it. But because it kind of really didn't get picked up in any you know major news outlets, to my knowledge, it was kind of the kind of thing where they're like, let's just yeah, the that's the vibe I got, and it was very like um, it wasn't any major news source like reporting might have been like hard to verify i don't know by like intentionally buried do you mean like the show could have de- i mean obviously we don't know anything we're just kind of like but like what do you think things yeah. happen in general I like have... is that something that can happen and like would that be the show like reaching out to news outlets or like what would that look like right i don't yeah. have any experience in this personally um like i haven't you know dealt with you know a show or network doing this um but I mean, I could see theoretically, like I, I imagine like if I were at a certain point, um, you know, in managing a show or, you know, in general, I could see where, where, you know, you would, <laughs> where a network or show might, you know, request other networks and other news outlets. Um, to maybe, just like not report uh, on it, basically. I think, yeah, to not report on it. Like, it was an internal error. We're taking care yeah, of it. Yeah, I think it's really like, interesting. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I don't think that's what happened here. But I think it's just kind of an interesting um, yeah. topic just to kind of touch on. Yeah, it's something that it's something that I've thought about yeah. before. Again, I really don't have, like, I genuinely don't have any experience dealing with something like that. But, like, I mean, I could see where it's possible that um, in any company, you know, that, like, if a certain, I don't know, stock isn't doing well they'd uh they'd want right. to you know, keep negative yeah that's just part of it yeah it. i get that yeah I'm, I'm so i'm so happy to talk about all of this with you it's so fun um i love listening to your podcast so much and um i'm so happy that you were willing to let me 
um, mm. talk to you. <laughs> just in general, I'm just glad you were willing to let Sydney, me. Sydney, thank you, thank you so much. About anything, I think this is like such a great idea, and I think it's cool. Like, I think I think there are people out there who are gonna love this. You know. <laughs> I hope there's at least one. You know, if we can if we can change someone's life with this particular interview exactly. and podcast at large. Exactly. That's, that's I think we will. Thing. I think it's a, an achievable goal and you've helped me achieve it. Our our audience is everywhere. <laughs> yes. I I'm so yeah, I I'm, I'm such a fan. I I will continue to listen until the day you stop recording, oh which you is so hopefully much. never. I guess, I guess to leave us off, do you want to <laughs> just kind of give like a a quick assessment like do you think overall they're doing a good job with social they could be doing a better job with social or a bad job what do you think I mean I think they're doing like a pretty adequate job I think they're definitely like you know gaining some traction in terms of people who are subscribed or following the content and I think they're putting out good content like I said earlier I mean I think that you know the YouTube page, in my opinion, is a bit busy, but I think that could possibly also be just because they're a new show and they're trying to figure out, you know, what the audience gravitates to more of, what they'd like to see less of, and maybe they'll kind of cater to that in the future. But overall, I mean, I think it's fun. I'd love to see, you know, those really weird um <laughs> That those really weird, funny moments with Drew that uh, I know you've talked about on the podcast before. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, like I it. think I so think too. I think especially for a brand new show, they're doing very well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that too is I think that, you know, Drew is a oh, yeah. very likable person. Um, and she's been through a lot. And, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people are rooting for her and thinks that she deserves the world. So I'm happy that um, I'm happy that she's doing this and that people are supporting her. And I, I, I yeah. think she deserves um, all of oh, it Oh, quickly, well. I think um, what I was going to say before was that, like, when this show first came out, I felt like not from their social media account, but from other people tweeting about it. That's how I first heard about this show was people tweeting about it when it first came out and tweeting like clips of her, like random montages of her doing like insane stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I definitely saw a handful of that as well. Not too much of it, though. But yeah, I mean, I feel like that's uh, that's like a great example of like how, uh, you know, her chaotic energy has declined a little bit. Um, like, I, I think, like, I don't know if it's, like, them, like, they're like, hey, you got to be a little bit more polished here or what, but um, yeah. I love chaos as a whole, so I'm definitely, I'm definitely down I mean, to have her just chaos. I mean, if there wasn't, I would have nothing to talk about on my podcast, but, like, but, like, at the same time, like, right, right. I think, I think there were a couple, like, semi-viral tweets and videos, like, way back in, like, august september and then since then they're just like really haven't any but haven't been any because i think like her i think her viewership is kind of has fallen a little bit since it first started so i think i mean i don't know i think that's the thing people are interested in i think is like watching her just be insane that's what i'm interested in yeah i don't know <laughs> i i'm so curious like i'm sure everybody you know for different reasons yeah. <laughs> um likes different programs 
<laughs> but um, like some people maybe yeah. want the whole like cookie cutter daytime talk show thing from her and then there are people like us who are like literally I love shit. She, <laughs> she she's an icon yeah and i i i love that kind of like ma- manic energy from anyone <laughs> oh uh, yeah so so that reminds me too um one of the things that i was gonna mention is uh i got I started watching um, the show, the way the show yeah. appeared to me um, <laughs> in a vision in my tea leaves was uh, oh, really? through like YouTube's algorithm. So like on my homepage, I'm someone who watches YouTube mm-hmm. a lot. I watch like a lot of YouTube content from like different creators and like late night shows and things like that. And so like I, I, I had certain segments kind of starting to pop up in like on my homepage on my YouTube algorithm. So I thought that that was, you know, really probably great on their part. You know, if I am at all their target audience, I was definitely seeing the content. And I, I feel like I've gotten less of that lately. I feel like less of their clips have appeared in my um, direct feed whether it's like homepage or recommended videos. And so um, it could be that, you know, they're having like a little bit of like a, like a dip there. But I I mean, overall, I I do think that they're, yeah, that's awesome. I think think too, like, yeah, like I, I, I'm someone who doesn't really watch a lot of YouTube. The only reason I use YouTube during the week is to watch clips of the Drew Barrymore show and (laughs) sound bites from them and stuff. But even (laughs) me, like my recommended videos are like never, The Drew Barrymore show. That's wild to me. Wait, what? Yeah. Are you logged yes. in? Like, do you, are you like logged into like an account and you're constantly watching their content? And you're Correct. I have to like type in the Drew Barrymore show to get to their page like every time. What a wild. Yeah. That shocks me. I feel like I am someone that's like the algorithm is like, <laughs> yes, we can manipulate her so easily. <laughs> it's wild yeah, i don't know maybe some like, like weird glitch is content. happening just to me but <laughs> i just got reminded of it when you said that they're like, yeah, they're like she needs a break want to watch more of this <laughs> you're like god watch anything else. all right well sydney thank you so much again this was so like i feel like i got so much out of this like so much insight oh my gosh thank you thank you yeah i'm i'm I was so happy to discuss it with you um and i'm so happy to catch up with you in general we'll have to um talk again you know not on your podcast <laughs>